Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. This week, we're starting a faith. And we know that the Word says it's what impossible to please God without faith. And we know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So faith is an important uh, part of our, our walk with the Lord. And uh, so I hope you'll join us on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. We're in this series called Worship. And I thought, how was I going to tie worship in to Father's Day today? But I came up with something. The Lord gave me something. Youth, warrior youth, you guys are dismissed. You can go if you want to. <laughs> well, it's been a rough morning. Do you ever have those mornings? It's like, oh my gosh, it's character building. I heard somebody say, I'm going to have so much character, they're going to make a cartoon icon out of me. <laughs> So anyway, uh, we're in this series, Worship. Four weeks ago, Pastor Christine began this series talking about the intro. She did the intro to worship. And three weeks ago, we talked about my role in worship, not Mark's role, but my role, our role in worship, and, and how that we're to uh, per- perceive and how we're to uh, move forward in worship. Then last uh, two weeks ago, I talked about intimate worship. And then last week, I talked about worship as a choice that we make. And so if you've missed any of these sermons, I would encourage you to go online and, and check them out. We have podcasts. We have a YouTube channel. We have Facebook Live. We have archive videos. There is no reason you can't go back and watch the sermon or listen to the sermon if you miss. So I encourage you to do that. Worship to God is not found in the songs we sing, but in the expressions that come from our hearts. And so as we've been talking about worship, we've been talking about what is really worship. It's not about cute little songs that we sing, but it's about engagement in, uh, from our heart. And this morning, I, I want to talk to you dads. Um, I, I, I hope that whenever you come to Life Fellowship, you're encouraged, you're trained, or taught, and you learn some things, but also that you walk away challenged. So dads, I'm going to try to challenge you a little bit today. I want you to know that you are the worship leader in your home. So this is how I'm tying worship to dads, to Father's Day. You, dads, you are the worship leader in your home. Are you exampling worship to your family? Another thing, uh, do you expect a different outcome for your family than what you example? Because you are leading and, and we can't expect something different from our families if we're not leading them in the ways of the Lord and leading them in worship and things of that nature. When I think about the atrocities that are happening uh, that we see lived out in our families, I mean, you know families that are struggling, you know things that are going on in, in families, maybe in your own family. When we see the atrocities that are, that are uh, demonstrated by our children, we have children killing children and shooting children and, you know, just all kinds of crazy things. When we see exposure in some of our churches where we see ungodly things happening, where we see child abuse and, and uh, things like that and, and uh, th- a culture of, well, let's just sweep, sweep it under the carpet and let's not deal with it. And I'm like, there's something wrong here. There's something terribly wrong in our society 
There's, there's things that are going on in our churches that are ungodly. And I'm thinking, why wouldn't somebody help these priests or pastors instead of trying to just move them to another area where it, it propagates itself? And so we see things like that happening. We see all kinds of craziness played out in our culture today. And I think many of the, uh, these are a direct result of failure of dads. Maybe these, these men didn't have good father figures. Maybe they didn't have a dad to teach them and train them. And maybe your dad was not available. Maybe you didn't have a good mentor. But you know what? Through Christ, that chain, that, that stuff can be broken today. It doesn't have to continue to propagate itself from generation to generation to generation. But that can stop with you. That can stop with us. So maybe you're replicating the things that you experienced because you, you didn't have maybe a good model or a role model or a, a godly dad. And so you, you don't know any different. But there's hope for all of us through Christ. As we come into this relationship, that's why we talk so much about this intimate, personal relationship because it doesn't do us much good to just know about God but when we come into this relationship with him and he begins to transform our life and he begins to bring things to light and expose things in our life that maybe we didn't know. And there's a, there's a huge problem because many dads are just missing. You can't trade money and material things for love. Your children, your family, they, they need you, dad. I mean, all the material things, they, they may like those things, but what they really, really need and what they really desire is you being there. Dad, your, your wife, your children, your family, they need you. And they not only need you, but they need you present. You cannot lead your family when you're absent. You need to be physically present. You need to be engaged spiritually, emotionally. Maybe you need to Turn off the TV. Maybe you need to reduce the time that you spend fishing or playing golf. Maybe you even need to limit your time at work. If you're working 70 or 80 hours a week, maybe you need to reevaluate your job position. Maybe you need to talk to your boss and say, hey, listen, we need to make a change. Or maybe you need to look for another job. Because you only have 18 or 20 years with your children, and then they're gone. And your role as a dad is, is to train them up and equip them. You are the leader of your family. I want you to, man, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. And I, I want you to consider every member of your family, your children, your stepchildren, your grandchildren, are they going in the direction that they should be going in? As you go, so goes your family. Okay, you can open your eyes. <laughs> dad, you lead in worship. Some of us have had good examples. I had a great dad. But even so, there were gaps. There were things that he didn't teach me. He taught me a lot of things. But his relationship with the Lord was good but it wasn't at the level that um, it probably should have been. I mean, all of us can say that, right? 
But, but I can see where there were times when he was distracted and he was doing his own thing. And I know that happens. Life happens. But um, there are some of us that have had good dads, but even a good dad is lacking. And some of us have, have had bad fathers. Some of us have had uh, no example to follow. And so what do we do? What do we do in a situation like that? We, we need to come to the Lord. And that's why these, these relationships that we have together, men, is so important because we can help one another. Thursday night, we had our monthly men's group. I wish all of you would have been here. There were a handful of us here. But those are the things we talk about the, the second Thursday of the month. As we talk about things that are relevant to us as men, how can we lead our families better? How can we deal with these issues? And, and so it's important that we have these relationships that we can speak into one another's lives, that we can help one another. Hey, what, did, what do you do in this situation? I don't know what to do. Well, this is what I've done, and it blew up in my face, so don't do that. Or this is what I've done, and this just seemed to really work. But you need to know your children. You need to know your family. You need to be present, dads, and involved in what's going on in their lives. So my first point is, Dad, lead your family well. Don't relinquish your role and responsibilities. If you're married and your wife is here, I want you to look at your wife. Look at them in the eyes. What do you see there? You see a beautiful woman. Look at her hands. Look at her hands. Did she get her nails done this week? <laughs> okay, you can look at me. Your wife. <laughs> look at me. Okay, come look at look at me. <laughs> I know she's better looking. That's a, you know. Um, but your wife is not designed to lead the family. As awesome as a woman is. I mean, a, a woman, think about how awesome a woman is. They conceive a child, they carry a child for nine months, they birth that child. That, that's an amazing thing right there. I'm like, if I were a woman, I'd be a virgin until the day I died. I'm like, no way. No, uh -uh, not, not having that come out of, okay. Um, this is crass. I've been constipated a couple of times and almost died. You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't going to say that, but anyway, I did. Okay, so when you look at your wife, as equipped as she is, as wonderful as she is, and as gifted as she is, she is not designed to lead the family. Your children are not designed to lead the family. You, sir, are designed, and you are called to lead your family. God has given you the things that you need to lead your family. And even more so, we need to call on the Lord and get direction and help from Him. Proverbs 22.6 says, Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. And I found that to be true in my life, that I grew up in a Christian home, and my parents trained me to the best of their ability, and, and they equipped me. And when I got to high school and college, I kind of wandered off the, the path. I didn't kind of. I did wander off the path, all right? And, but I, you know what? I had a reference point. I knew where to come back to because my parents had trained me and equipped me. And many children today, they have no reference point. If, if we're not leading them in the ways of the Lord, if we're not directing them in the ways of the Lord, are they going to know where the reference point is? 
They're not. And so we have a responsibility to do that. Dads, you have a responsibility, moms and dads, to direct your children onto the right path and in the ways of the Lord. It's not just on the right path, but how are you going to help them build their character? How are you going to help them stay on that right path? It's through this relationship with Christ that they have to have. So that's why we put so much emphasis on teaching our children the things of God, building the Word of God in their lives, encouraging them, strengthening them, and teaching them what the, what the Word says so that they'll know, so that they can have this relationship with the Lord and grow in their relationship with Him. So don't let your children stumble around. Teach them. How do children learn? Three ways. Example, example, example. <laughs> All right, so we, uh, we need to instruct them. We need to correct them. All of us need correction. All of us are God's children. We all need correction. But the word says, spare the rod and spoil the child. The word says, you're not going to kill them if, if you spank them. In fact, you may keep them from death. Because if you discipline them to not run out in the street, you may save their life. I'm not talking about abusive and, and beating your children, but I'm talking about bring correction to your children. The Lord corrects us because He loves us. And so we should do the same. Dad, you lead. You need to lead. You will be accountable. One day, you're going to be accountable for your family. You need to teach your sons how to be godly men and to lead well. You need to teach them and train them. Teach them how to change the oil in the car. Teach them how to change a tire. If you don't know, get somebody to teach you and then teach your child. Go watch a YouTube video. We need to teach our children how to do some things. We need to teach our men how to be men and not be mamby-pamby. Come on. Teach them to be strong. Look at their giftings. What are they gifted in? And help them develop those giftings. But teach them some things more than how to turn on the PlayStation 4 and play video games. Teach them some things that are going to help them in life when they grow up and become an adult, when they get married, when they have a family, so that they can lead their family well. Example to your daughters what a godly man looks like. Show them by example, by the way that you treat your wife, that they'll have an example because they're more than likely they're going to be looking for a man like you when they're looking for a husband. Are you okay with that? <laughs> well, you know, I, this is good, but I hope they don't find a man that... You're, you're training, you're investing, you're pouring into your daughters, you're teaching them, listen, you need to be respected as a young lady. What you see me, how you see me respect your mom is how you need to be respected. So you have a great opportunity, Dad. You have a unique responsibility to train up your children, your sons and your daughters, your sons to know what a godly man looks like and your daughters to know what a godly man looks like. So when she comes to that age where she's looking for a husband or finding a husband, she knows the characteristics to look for. She knows the red flags. No, don't mess with, don't go out with a guy that's doing this, that's acting like this. He may be good looking, but he's a, a scoundrel. Stay away from him. But train your children. 
Establish the boundaries in your home. As long as you live in my home, you're going to follow my rules. Establish the boundaries. Don't, don't let somebody else establish those boundaries. Certainly, please don't let the culture establish those boundaries. You are the leader. You establish those boundaries. On Sunday morning, we all go to church. You too, Dad. <laughs> because again, we need to lead by example. So my first point is, Dad, keep your, uh, lead your family well. Don't relinquish your role and responsibilities. My second point is, man up. We talked about this at uh, men's group, and Cliff and I were talking. And he said, well, man up could mean different things to different men. I said, that's a great point. And so we talked about it a little bit on Thursday. But what it really means to me is to lead well, lead strong, be a godly man, have strong character and values in your life. Men need to be responsible. They need to take a godly stand, and you need to lead. In Joshua 24, Joshua's about to die. And uh, he's talking to the children of Israel, and he says, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. So, dads, let me ask you who, who are you serving? Who do you serve, or what do you worship? Who or what do you worship? Joshua. 24:15. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live now? See, this was an important thing for the, the Israelites to come to understand. Were they going to serve these, these pagan gods? It was important for them it was a choice for them, and we know that they got into trouble time after time after time because they began to drift away from the Lord. They began to worship these pagan gods and, and, and embrace these other things, these other pagan cultures into their life. It was a choice for them thousands of years ago. It's still a choice for you today. But Joshua says, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Some, some uh, translation says, is, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, it's a choice that we make. Like I talked about uh, last week, sin and, and worship are a choice. And so we have a choice to serve the Lord and let him lead us and guide us and guide our, our families in that direction or not. We need some strong men in the home. We need some strong men in the church. We need men to take their rightful role and position. It's not your wife's position to lead. It's yours. If you don't lead, she will. Amen. Have you ever been to a, a restaurant or maybe a, a, a convenience store or something and, and you, maybe you walk by the restroom and you see a sign that says, out of order? There are a lot of homes that are out of order because the man is not taking his rightful position and role and responsibility of leading. There are a lot of homes, there are a lot of Christian homes that probably should have a sign on the front door that says, out of order. But that can be changed today. Man, when, you, when we begin to understand our position in Christ and our position in the family and how vitally important it is for us to lead 
and to lead well. In Genesis chapter 3, these are some of the results of Adam and Eve's disobedience in the garden. And so, you know, uh, they disobeyed God and they ate the fruit from the, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so in Genesis 3, God uh, speaks to the serpent. He says, these are the consequences for you. Then he speaks to the woman. Then he speaks to the man. And this is what he says to the woman. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth. Let's stop here for a moment. Have you ever thought about this scripture? It would seem to possibly imply that there would not have been pain in pregnancy or pain in giving birth if they hadn't sinned. I mean, why else would that be there? So you can say, thank you, Eve. Thanks for that. <laughs> I don't know how you ladies do it, honestly. I mean, that, that's, that's awesome. But anyway, okay, let me stay on task here. Then he said to, to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth. Now, the next sentence is really interesting, too, because he says, and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. That seems like kind of an odd thing for the Lord to say. But you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. I don't remember what precipitated the conversation or the comment a number of years ago, but my wife and I were having a conversation, and she said, I will not be weak so you can be strong. Man, I mean, that kind of fills the blood pressure. Wow. But she's a strong woman. And I, honestly, if she were weak, I'd probably run right over her. So God needed to give me somebody strong. And I know that's, that there are many strong women in this building today. But you know what? There are strong men too. And we need to take our rightful role and position men. Uh, I know that we have to, as men, we have to make some tough decisions. And it, it's not always easy. But you know what? It's, it's our responsibility to lead our family. It's not easy to, to be a pastor and lead, lead a congregation. But you know what? I have to make decisions. And, and sometimes they're not always popular. Sometimes they're not always even the ones I would like to make. But, but I have to follow the Lord and do what he's asking me to do, just like you do. The Lord is calling you to lead your family and popular or not, you've got to make some decisions that are tough sometimes. It's not just your right. It's your responsibility. And your responsibility is to protect and watch over your family. And uh, so we need to do that. And, and that doesn't always, uh, those choices and those things that we implement, those boundaries that we set are not always real popular but you know what's best for your family and you know what you need to do. You need to seek the Lord and you need to obey Him and then you need to implement the things that the Lord tells you to do. And, well, uh, let, me, let me stay on task here. Um, in 1 Kings chapter 21, there's a king there named Ahab and there's a vineyard close to his palace and he decides that he wants this vineyard. But the man that owns it doesn't want to sell it. It's his inheritance. 
So let me read this, this passage of scripture here in 1 Kings 21, 3 through 8. But Naboth replied, The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance that was passed down by my ancestors. Verse 4. So Ahab went home angry and sullen because of Naboth's answer. The king went to bed with his face to the wall and refused to eat. He was pouting like a little kid. I want that vineyard. He won't give it to me. Verse 5, what's the matter, his wife Jezebel asked him. What made you so upset that you're not eating? I asked Naboth to sell, me the vine- to sell me his vineyard or trade it, but he refused, Ahab told her. Are you the king of Israel or not? I think she's telling him, why don't you grow up? Jezebel demanded, get up and eat something and don't worry about it. I'll get you Naboth's vineyard. I'll get that for you, honey. They had this innocent man killed, and because of their evil, God destroyed their family, them and their family, eventually. But when we look at the story, there would probably be no strong, domineering Jezebel spirit in that home in the midst of a strong Ahab. And and maybe I'll teach on the Jezebel spirit sometime. It's not just... Uh, It is an evil, wicked, controlling spirit, and it's not just on women. It can be on men, too. But see, Ahab wasn't leading his family well. Dad, if you don't lead, your wife will. And she's not designed to lead. You are designed to lead. So my first point is, Dad, lead your family well. Don't relinquish your role and responsibilities. My second point is, man up. My third point is lead in love. Man, I think sometimes uh, men just need to grow some courage. Let me put it that way. <laughs> That's not what I wanted to say. But uh, <laughs> men, we need to grow some courage. We need to stand up and stand strong. And I'm not talking about being abusive or mean. But I'm talking about act like a man. Well, I didn't get what I want. And then your wife, then you're delegating, you're abdicating that to your wife. Out of order. So my third point this morning is men lead in love. Colossians 3, 18 through 21. Wives submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Here's something that I believe. I I can't prove it, I guess. But but I strongly believe that a woman is looking for a strong man. And she may push against the boundaries and she may, you know, debate with you. But women are looking for their man to be strong and take the lead. And so... (laughs) And so... Uh, men, we need, to, we need to take that role. Again, stop abdicating what God has designed and called us to do to your wife. She's not designed to do that. So husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. Come on, I should get an amen on that one. So when your child does something, you don't have to say anymore. When they say, well, why do I need to do that? You don't have to say, because I told you so. You can say, children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. 
So there you have a, a scripture to help you with that. Verse 21, fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. So train them and equip them. Don't always be picking on them. Don't put them down. Build them up. You can encourage them just as easily as you can put them down, right? So build them up and encourage them. 1 Peter 3.7 says, In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. Treat my wife with understanding. Okay, Jesus, I need some help here on this one. <laughs> but we're to give honor to our wives and treat them with understanding. Try to understand you know, I love this scripture. My wife doesn't like it, but I pulled this out. The, the word says, come, let us reason together as men. <laughs> she thinks that's funny. I don't know what's so funny about that. I think that's awesome. Okay, 1 Peter 3, 7 continues. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. And so we know that, you know, women need to be protected. They need uh, provision, and, and their role is to be beside the husband, not under them but beside them, because they're, they're an equal partner in, in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. So there's a direct correlation there between how we treat our wives and our prayers being answered. God is really serious about this relationship thing with us. He's serious about our relationship. He's serious about our relationship with one another. And if you don't want your, your prayers hindered, then maybe you need to look at how you're treating your wife. Imagine that, that someone is laying hands on your daughter. Someone is abusive to your daughter. Imagine that, uh, that God looks down. That's his child. Imagine that, that some man is laying hands on his wife inappropriately. God looks down. He says, that's my child. He takes these things very seriously. And he says, don't come, don't come crying to me if you're, you're abusing your wife, you're beating up on your wife, if you're not treating your wife well. Because that's my daughter. That's my child you're messing with. And I remember hearing a story about a pastor that uh, there was a woman, part of their congregation, and she'd come to, she would come to church and her husband had been laying hands on her. And he said, well, you know what? We're just going to send some of our boys over and have a conversation with this man. And so he sent some guys over and they laid hands on him. So if you're not treating your wife well, if you're abusing your wife, and John and, and some of the Life Fellowship posse show up at your front door, you may not want to answer the door. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding here. I'm not proposing that anybody beat anybody up. But... What I'm, what I'm really trying to convey is that God looks down on our wives. He looks down on our, our daughters. And he expects them to be treated well, to be treated right. And so as a godly husband and father, we need to treat our wives right, and we need to make sure that our daughters are being treated right. And I'll stop at that. Okay. So Ephesians 5, 21 through 33 says, And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another. That we are to love one another. That we are to submit to one another and honor one another. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as, as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church. 
As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in some things. In everything. Listen, if you're loving your wife, if you're loving your wife as Christ loved the church, she's going to submit to you. I'm not saying that she won't ever, there won't ever be any pushback. But, she, you know, sometimes I think women push because they want, to, they want to see if that boundary is there. They did a study a number of years ago where they had some children on a, uh, uh, out on a playground. And when there was no fence, when there was no boundaries, the children tended to huddle around close to one another uh, toward the, the middle of the playground. But when there was a fence, they would go to the fence and they would be kicking it and pushing on it. And sometimes I think it's the same with women. They want to know that that boundary is there. They want to know that that husband is going to love them. They want to know that that husband is committed to them, even when they push against the fence. And so we need to just grow some courage and stand strong and love our wives. Because sometimes they have to deal with some knucklehead husbands. Come on. You know you're a knucklehead sometimes. You know that there are times when, when you make a decision and, and it's not a good one. My wife has told me before, I don't think you ought to do that. Oh, well, I'm the man. I'm doing that anyway. And then, you know what, honey? <laughs> I should have listened to you. That, that wasn't a very good decision. But you know what? She never throws it up in my face. Well, I told you so. I told you not to do that. She doesn't do that, and I appreciate that. So anyway, um, as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave his life up for her. Christ gave his life for the church. And so we're to love our wives with that kind of love, that they are a priority. Uh, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. Verse 28, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. Verse 31, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united in one, into one. Now, I want to speak to you moms for a moment here. I see a lot of moms that have a hard time letting go of their uh, children. Uh, a lot of moms that have a hard time letting go of their adult sons. And uh, the word says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. So uh, don't do that. Let your sons go and let them grow because you've been training them, right? You've been training them all these years. At some point in time, you've got to let them go. I know that it's probably hard for a mom because you've nurtured that child, you've birthed that child, all of these things, and there's a connection there. But you've got to let the child go. And dads, that's where you can come in and you can say, listen, honey, we need to let Junior go. We've got to let him find his own way. This is part of the maturation process that happens. Because, men, you, you didn't know everything. 
I mean, as, as good of a dad as you had, you, you just, life experiences bring some things. And you have to just let your son grow up and grow some courage and become a man. And there's going to be trials and there's going to be tribulations. And I'm not saying just leave them to the wind to, to find their own way. You can help them. But there are certain things that a man just has to go through. And it seems like when a, when a young man gets between the ages of 16 to 22, 24, there's a tension there between the dad, the dad and the son because that son wants to be a man. He wants to be treated like a man. He wants to be respected like a man. But he's not a man. But that's part of the process, I think, where we can invest in, the, in our young men and train them up and equip them and help them because they're not supposed to be living in your, in your home when they're 50 years old. <laughs> get out and get a job. <laughs> get your own apartment. And so you have to determine how can you help this child. And every child is going to be different. But that's why it's so important that you're engaged, that you're connected with your family, that you know your children. Spend time with them so that you can help them grow and become the mighty man of God that, that he's called them to be. And, and your daughters too, train and equip them so that they'll have a vibrant, successful marriage and life because they know what a godly man looks like because they've seen one. They've seen one growing up with one. Ephesians 5.32, this is a great mystery, but it's also an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one, going back to Ephesians uh, 5.31. Um, verse 33 says, So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. Do you love your wife on that level? And the wife must respect her husband. Uh, I, I know I've talked about this num numerous times, but you know, so it, does, it says that men are to love his wife. It doesn't say that the wife is to love her husband. What does it say? That she is to respect her husband. And for some reason, we're wired differently. Women need to know love. They need to, to know that a man is there for them and loves them. And for some weird reason, men need to be respected. Wives, please don't ever do this. Never put your husband down in public. If you've got something to say to him, then wait. But don't ever put him down in public. There, there's this thing in us that we, we need to be respected. I, I, I don't understand it, but that's the way it is. And so you should love your husband. But one of the ways that you show love for your husband is to show respect to him. So, Dad, lead your family well. Don't relinquish your role and responsibilities. Man up. Lead in love. The Lord's desire is to have a vibrant, intimate, personal relationship with each and every one of us. Men, we can go to our Heavenly Father and we can seek Him just like you'd want your child to come to you. We can go to him and say, Abba, Father, Daddy, I need some help. Can you help me in this situation? Can you help me to train up my children in the ways of the Lord? Dads, I know that you have great love for your, your children, but I don't think we can really comprehend God's love for us. And we have a great opportunity, a moment in time to train up our, our children because it's 
seems like things are just getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And they need some good examples. They need something to hold on to. They need a reference point to come back to when the world throws all kinds of stuff at them. So I want to challenge you today to pray and ask the Lord what He's showing you about your family and and what do you need to do. Maybe there's some things you need to readjust or change. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of things that you're doing well, that you're doing right. But let's look at our children and and let's, let's evaluate where they are spiritually and how we can help them. And, and let's pray and ask God to help us understand our wives. I have no idea what she's thinking, Lord. I don't know how to answer her. I don't know how to lead my family well sometimes, God. So I need your help. But we can go to Abba Father. We can go to Daddy and say, Daddy, help me. Show me. Show me in your word. You can come on Wednesday night and, and, and go through these classes and get built up that we would become mature believers and have a better understanding of how to lead our families well. Lord God, I thank you for everyone here today. And Lord, I, I thank you that you are doing something in our hearts and lives, that you're bringing health and healing and restoration and exposure. And you're, you're challenging us, Lord, to step up to step it up. And Lord, I know that you will help us as you empower us and equip us to lead our families well. In Jesus' name. I'd like for you to stand. And I want us to recite this blessing of ourselves. If you want to turn around and recite this. But let's recite this together. If you'll join me. Numbers uh, 6, 24 through 26. Let's recite together. You ready? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance to you and give you peace. That's a blessing from the Lord, that we would walk in the blessings and the favor and provision of God. I want to thank you for being here this morning. The prayer team will be over here if you have prayer needs. I want to just tell you dads again, happy Father's Day. Thank you for all you do. I'm excited to see what the Lord's going to do, not only through you and your family, but through your children. And as always, I want to challenge us to make a difference in the world around us as we go out and live it. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week, and remember to live it. God bless you.